Welcome everyone to episode 14 of Rhythm Encounter. I'm your host, Stephen Myring, Taylor's on the boards. We've got a super awesome topic, super awesome selections today. Joining me today is, as always... I'm the co-host of Rhythm Encounter, which is the podcast you're listening to right now via the internet. My name's Derek Heemsbergen, I'm Arianne on the boards, and we are joined by another RPG fan editor who we love so dearly. You're talking and about we're me? also joined by Mike. We're also joined by Mike. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. I'm Mike Salvato, Mike on the boards. And he's a cool guy who doesn't afraid of anything, which he is does. why he joined us for this topic today. Yes, and he accidentally had a Coca-Cola bottle before this topic. I'm sorry for the old memes. Yeah, Anyways... Sorry. So before we get to recent albums, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about today's topic. Yeah, so this idea actually came to me because a, a listener, Mark Smee, emailed me um, and was asking about our favorite sort of like in-jingles and other things that were restful in RPGs. So I had the idea to do an entire episode about either sleepy or relaxing RPG themes. And one of my ideas was also to intersperse some of those jingles from our favorite games and or whatever games we can find really because it's, <laughs> i don't know how easy it's going to be for us to go and find in jingles specifically it's but, actually pretty difficult but we found some so we'll, yeah. they'll, they'll be in here yeah so thank you very much for that suggestion mark so we've created an episode around that so you guys can't say we never listened to you okay we appreciate your feedback very much and steven actually uh noted that this is a really very topical because there's a recent album release that ties into it yeah actually uh so Jason Napolitano and Scarlet Moon Records recently released a really cool album called Prescription for Sleep, and you can read my review on rpgfood.com. So it's, it, it's by uh, Norihiko Hibino and Ayaki Saito. I think I think it just goes as Ayaki, but it's a pianist, and they're a group together called Gentle Love. And they they have this interesting concept where they're sort of examining the therapeutic benefits of music for sleep. So Scarlet Moon got together with them, and they produced an album of video game remixes not just RPGs, but all kinds of different things, whose purpose with the music was to help lull you to sleep. Um, I don't really listen to music when I'm sleeping, but I still found the album to be really cool. Like, like I listen to it when I'm working, and it's very good to get you centered. So if you haven't heard the whole album, you can check it out. But before we listen to that, we're going to listen to another track from another game and soundtrack that I absolutely adored. The first one's going to be, it's from the Banner Saga. It's by Austin Winery, also the composer of Journey and Monaco and all kinds of awesome stuff. And the track I picked is Weary the Way to the Sun, which is the way I would describe this track is with one word, gray. And maybe if you listen to it, you'll understand. And if you played the game, you'll definitely know. But before I say anything else about it, let's go ahead and take a listen to Weary the Way to the Sun from the Banner Saga.
So as you can see, I, I think the song kind of speaks for itself when you see why I would say gray is whenever I hear that song, and it's not just because I've heard it in the game, I just I get this image of like a cloudy sort of murky, misty sky that's gray. And like that, there's this, this like creepy, distorted sound in the background that I just love. It's like it, the the whole world in the Banner Saga is really snowy and sort of like you know it's it's frigid, it's cold because the the sun has died basically. It's like a, a a snow version of the way I imagine music sounds in a desert because it's a waste oh, it's yeah. a wasteland, but it's like. You know when you see like in a movie, there's like that sh- heat shimmer and the guy's hallucinating, and you hear that right. sort of weird sound. It's this only. It's like I don't know. Gray is not a musical term, but I'm using it. Uh, that's, that's that's how I think of it. That's an apt comparison. Uh, I usually get re- oddly specific mental visuals when I listen to stuff, and for this, I got like a snow-capped temple in the middle of nowhere that's all desolate and abandoned and that's dilapidated. A yeah, so interesting track. I, I don't know if I would call it. It's not peaceful for sure. It's it's definitely somber and uh, has kind of a what's the word I'm looking for? Unsettling. Yeah, it has an unsettling yeah. tone that's that coincidentally ties in with our theme a little bit today. Yeah, We're all a little not, not the unsettling part, but the the quiet somber part. Yeah, it, it actually sounds. I, I didn't think about it because when I was listening to it, I was thinking wintry and. I haven't played the Banner Saga, but I've seen some screenshots, and it definitely did give me the exact mood that you described. So I'm guessing it works, whether or not you've played the game. Oh, yeah. That's the thing is, like, Austin Wintery has such amazing range. Like, a lot of composers, and this is not to their to their discredit at all, tend to stick with similar styles a lot. And, like, they branch out a little bit, but, you know, you can sort of identify a composer by their style. Austin Winery just has like like Monaco is like a piano jazzy solo thing with only piano. Journey is Journey. I don't even need to explain Journey. It's amazing if you haven't heard it, go listen to it and all the and go listen to uh, Transfiguration too. Um, and then the Banner Saga is just this completely different beast. So there's such range in the music he creates, and it's also evocative that I it's I have many A pluses to deliver to this track and all of his work. That I have certainly a single is. A+. Oh, sorry. I have a single A+. Plus. Okay. So the next track is a mana track, and that's going to be a continuing theme for today. So somehow, again, I feel like we we get these themes, and we're like, yeah, we're going to pick such varied stuff, and then we pull from the same games, because we're the same people sometimes. But uh, one of the mana games we're playing a track from today is Rise of Mana, which is the newest one in the series. It is an iOS game that came out in Japan, I want to say late last year, maybe earlier this year. I can't remember when exactly it came out. Um, hasn't been announced for release here, although I wouldn't be super surprised to see it. Uh, this is an action RPG, so it's not like a card game or, or whatever else they've been spinning off into Oblivion with lately. But Rise of Mana looks like a decently good game, but more than anything, it has a pretty darn good soundtrack. It's got some notable composers on it, like Naoshi Mizuda and uh, Masayoshi Soken from Final Fantasy XIV. What, what? And, and the uh, track that we're listening to is called Sunlight Through the Trees, and this one is composed by Takeharu Ishimoto. So he should be familiar to some of you if you're familiar with, like, uh, The World Ends With You. Yeah, Mac from RP Gamer. He's always asking us to do an Ishimoto episode. And yes. this is not an Ishimoto episode, but there is Ishimoto here, so you're welcome. Yeah, so we're going to listen to another fairly peaceful track before we move on. So let's take a gander visually. Visually? Uh, orally? I don't know what I'm saying. Let's, let's listen, listen to Listen to it with your eyeballs. Listen with your eyeballs to Sunlight Through the Trees. Thank you. 
before we share our thoughts on that pleasant little ditty, I need to point out that we were wrong about a couple things. I'm going to go ahead and point the finger at you, Stephen, because you're the one who compiled the show notes. Probably so a good thing to do. The, the composer on this track actually was not Takeharu Ishimoto. Sorry, Max. Sorry, everybody. Uh, we have lied to you. We are liars. And we just, liars tried, we just tried to hook you. That's what we were trying to do. Like We were like, hey, Ishimoto, you listen to the whole thing now. <laughs> we did, yeah. So this one was actually composed by Suyoshi Sakito, which is another one of Square Enix's top talents that they go to a lot. But yeah, yeah, he does a regardless, lot of their, uh, it was portable games. Is a pretty cool track. And Mike, what did you find out about this? Yeah, it actually released in the beginning of March in Japan, so it's actually fairly recent. Okay, so it's pretty new. Yeah, I know the album came out because I, I I got the album when it came out, and I think that was around the time the game released, or maybe it was in April. I think it might have actually been like almost the same day the game released. Okay. But yeah, it's I, I really like it. I'm actually kind of hoping we get a localization announcement at E3 just so I can try it and then be like, meh, no buttons, pretentious, same. I won't play this. Well, but the, I do I do like my buttons, but I think it, I think this would do really well as a Vita game if they ported it over. Yeah, like it has pretty graphics and stuff, and as you can hear here, the music is. So I don't think the music is incredible, but I don't mean that at all to say I don't really like because I really like this soundtrack. It's very like I listened to it, and I think the word you used was pleasant. Mm-hmm. I hear it, and I think this is relaxing. This is nice music. Nothing is bad, and in a couple of the battle themes are really good. Um, I picked this one, though, because it's a little more in keeping with our theme. I, I imagine this is like the song it plays on like the data select screen or like when you're creating a character and it's like this just soft, calm, everything's getting started sort of thing. Although I'm guessing since it's called Sunlight Through the Trees, it's probably a forest theme. But Yes. I don't think there's anything wrong with it being just good. I, yeah. I, I don't want to go off on a tangent about, you know, like Watch Dogs being in not so oh good theme because it averages 82. But I think... Not everything has to be amazing. Yeah, we actually talked about that in the last random encounter, I think. Yeah, we, we did. And it's a, it's a really good conversation to have is that, you know, you don't have to feel like your taste in something is invalidated because it didn't get a 900 out of 10. This song, I would say, is a 7 or an 8. But I like 7 or 8s. Me too. A lot of my favorite songs are 7s or 8s. Like yeah, if I, Final Fantasy IX got reviewed today, I'm sure it would get a 7 or an 8, but I'd give it a really? 5,000 in my life. Yeah, well, the you have to strike a balance between something being good enough to not be a quote-unquote waste of your time um, and something not being the most amazing thing you've ever heard because there's plenty of room for things that are just good or great. You know, not every everything that we listen to or play is going to be the ultimate game, the ultimate soundtrack. Yeah, so, not everything can be Chrono Cross. True. Yes, but I think that the Razamana soundtracks falls squarely in that, like, we don't score albums, but if we were to score, if I were to score this album, I'd give it like a maybe like a seven point five or an eight. I I just think it's pleasant to listen to, and it has a lot of good um, kind of nostalgia tickling tracks. So I would recommend it actually if you're fond of PlayStation era RPGs and that kind of sound profile. Yeah, that's probably the, like you probably like it a lot. Yeah, yeah, that that's exactly how I I think I did describe it when we were first talking about it. Is I feel like it's it's a PlayStation one era soundtrack, and in that regard, I think a lot of people will like it. So moving on from that track. I cheated a little bit. I'm including a track from Prescription for Sleep because it is sort of one of our inspirations for this episode. And I did not pick an RPG track only because I think I recall you saying this too. I wanted to pick my favorite track on the album, which is not from an RPG. It's from Super Mario 64. And it's an arrangement of Dire Dire Docks. I support this. Right? So I have not played Mario 64 anything beyond 20 minutes at a time ever. So I don't really know any of the music in it other than the classic Mario stuff. Too busy with Sanic. Yeah, I was too busy with Sanic the Hedgehog. And, and Danky King. <laughs> but uh, 
before we get way off topic too far, let's take a listen to Dire Dire Docs from Prescription for Sleep.
What? Sorry. What is that? Well, it's the Peanuts theme, but that, that song, the beginning of it, just reminds me so hardcore of the Peanuts theme. Uh, <laughs> it I don't does kind of sound like that, doesn't it? It's kind of the same tone and the same instrumentation, and I get the same kind of warm, awesome feeling from it. I don't know. Again, haven't played Mario 64, and I don't know the music super well, but I just I love the saxophone in that song. And, like, that, that main breakdown when it's like, like, no, it's just, it's, it's Mario music, you know? It's just... They have the hooks that catch you, and you're, you know, you're running and jumping through the level, and you're humming the song while you do it. You know, they, Koji Kondo is a wizard at pulling that off, and this arrangement covers that. Uh, really reflects that, I think. Well, Gentle Love picked the best track from the game to cover, so that's, oh, my, that's my absolute favorite track from Mario sixty four. So, is it a pop? Like, is it a popular track yeah. amongst Mario sixty fourites? Yep, I think uh, it's probably the most well known track in the game. Well, sweet. Yeah, so they did a good job. I, I love it, too. I don't really have any additional comments other than it's super chill. It's very jazzy and smooth, and again, I also love that sack. Yeah, part, well, part of what's interesting about all the tracks on that album, Prescription for Sleep, is that they're all really lengthy, and that's sort of because they're meant to convey this sort of long, flowing, uninterrupted pattern where it's not like... Because, you know, there's that, that moment of psychological jarringness. That's not a word. But uh, you're psychologically jarred when a song changes, not because of any, you know, wah in the song, but just because one melody has ended and something new is starting. So part of, like, the flow of that album is that all the tracks are really long, so they sort of, you know, let you just sort of go with the flow. Yeah. I'm going with the flow. Don't fall asleep or anything. I think, uh, I think now's a good time to go ahead and flow right into some actual sleepy tracks. Yay. So again, today's topic is sleepy, chill themes. Not summer chill like we did the one time, but these are very peaceful songs that are meant to just, you know, you can kick back in a hammock and take a take a nap to. I think we did a really good job picking tracks. Like, I'm really, I say this every time, but I'm really excited about the track list today. And I believe we let Mike cheat and pick our first two tracks. Yeah, there's a lot of cheating going on in this podcast. Yeah, you know how I feel about rules. Yep, yeah. you and me, me and Steven. Right. Uh, oh, Steven. oh! Derek and Derek, wait, what? Oh, I think All I right. missed something. I didn't cheat on purpose. I was trying to decide between these two, and you made me cheat. You said, this one's really short, so just use both. Correct. You really didn't give me an option. Not really. So my first two tracks are both from Dark Cloud 2, or Dark Chronicle, but no one calls it that, so I'm calling it Dark Cloud 2. They do if they're in Europe. Really? Sure. Is it called yeah. Dark Chronicle in Europe? Yep. I had no idea. I just thought it was just like that in Japan. It's a cool title, though. Mm-hmm. It is. But I digress. Mike. Yes. So, the first one is Peace of the World, which will forever make me think of mini golf. <laughs> because that's when it uh, plays, and I speeder. would golf in oh, every single level. That was such a goofy, like, huge, overarching mini game. I loved it. It was, yeah. it was awesome. And I have a good. Remind me to tell my good story about it after we listen. No. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, Peace of the World, and then the Lunatic Wisdom Laboratory is the other one. Also, so. That's my bedroom. That's what they call that. (laughs) (laughs) So after uh, we listen to my my room's theme song, we're going to listen to one of my picks, which is the um, Forest of the Nopon Night from Xenoblade Chronicles. Y'all know I love me some Xenoblade. Um, I'm all about it. I love the soundtrack. Um, This particular one is composed by Manami Kiyota, and it is the theme that plays, as you might guess, um, in Ricky's hometown at night. Um, and I actually have another one coming up later on that's from a different location in Night, but I thought it was a very 
peaceful, gentle, sleepy kind of track. And then Stephen picked our final track for this block. Yeah, and I wanted to pick something we had never played before because, you know, I always like to do that. And I picked a track from Kodelka, which is an old PS1 sort of strategy turn-based RPG. It's, it's genre, if it was a Tales game, it's genre would be weird, dark RPG. It's a weird, dark RPG that is sort of a spiritual predecessor to the Shadowheart series. The character Kodelka is a witch who is the mother of one of the characters in Shadowhearts 1. And the track I picked is Patience, but it's the live version from the soundtrack. The soundtrack is a lot of like ambiance and then like maybe eight or nine actual songs. And this is comes at the end. There's three live arrangements of some of the tracks from the game. All right, then. Well, let's go ahead and take a listen to Peace of the World, Lunatic Wisdom Laboratory, Village of the Nopon, and Live Patience.
those two tracks from Dark Cloud 2 or Dark Chronicle 2, for those of you in the know. Or is it just Dark Chronicle? I forget. Is it? It's Dark Chronicle, it I believe. No, I just don't. I don't remember actually if Dark Cloud 2 is just called Dark Chronicle straight up or if it's called yes. Dark Chronicle. I think it's just called Dark Chronicle, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's a good game. And I really enjoyed how ridiculously in depth that golf minigame was. Yeah, that. I think I might have already told the story on this or Random Encounter about like. So in, like, the second area, like, the forest area, I was playing as Monica, and I got a hole-in-one on Sfita, like, totally by luck. I, I, like, I bounced it off a tree, and it hit, like, every tree in the forest, and then got, like, hole-in-one. And I got the freaking Mesa Mune, and it was just this amazing sword for that point in the game. And then my friend came over and saved over my file, so I had to redo it. So I spent all afternoon, like, redoing that golf minigame to get the hole-in-one to get the sword back. My brother comes in. And we're, like, joking about how I had to redo it, and he saves over it by accident. Oh, God, no. So whenever I hear that song, I just think of the Duroc Forest or whatever and, like, just getting so angry that I couldn't get a hole-in-one on that one particular hole so I could get the, the Mesa Mune again. But I really love that song. Like, that whole soundtrack, I think it's Tomohito Nishiura. I think he does almost all of Level 5's music. But it's just, I absolutely adore that really chill sound it has. Like that acoustic guitar thing, like like it's it's very sparse, but it it does its job admirably. It is funny that you have this like angry memory of such a peaceful song, because I'm listening to it now and it is peaceful. But then when I think back, there are some courses and levels where it, it was really really frustrating. So if I really think about it, I probably also equate that song with like horrible things. But it's peaceful on its own. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, actually, my uh, my brother and I named we had two geckos. We named them uh, Monica and Max too. Aw, we really liked Dark Cloud too. <laughs> precious, it's precious. I actually liked both of those characters a lot too. Yeah, I that appreciated was a cool that. Game. That was that was a an earlier memory I have of a game where the girl was the swordswoman and the guy was like the the uh, bludgeon people to death with type, objects, yeah, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So yeah, I appreciated that a little bit of a role reversal there, even though it wasn't super. Super different. But yeah, so that was a great track. And then we listened to Lunatic Wisdom Laboratory, which now that I've listened to it, I'm not entirely sure if I'd say that's my bedroom's theme. Really? Because I'm but even I... more sure now. Oh, okay. Well, I just like the title of it, really. It's a chill <laughs> track. I, I didn't have any particular feelings about it. But... I just, I really love the piano in that it, the image I get of that song, and this is probably not the right image, and it's probably being tainted by the fact that we said it's your bedroom theme, but it reminds me of the sex song from Terminator 1. <laughs> And I don't know why, because that's not at oh, all wow. the case. But... Yeah, I try not to be a Terminator in the bedroom. Maybe like a... Never mind. I have no response to that. I have no <laughs> idea where I was going. It's. I mean, this is a PG podcast. This is a PG podcast. Maybe PG-13. My life is R, but podcast is PG-13. Yeah, cool track, though. And then we listen to Village of the Nopon, or as I keep calling it, Saihate Village, because I guess that's what it was called in Japanese. Whatever it's called, it's an awesome it's song called. that the first thing I wrote is that it, it reminds me of Wild Arms. I, I, I can't oh, quite place that. why, but it has this like really Wild Arms-y quality to it. Like It just reminds me of some sort of frontier town, I guess. I like the ukulele and the accordion. It's I get, a, again, a strong visual of that one because the, the Nopon are the little blobby guys like Ricky. And they're, they're tiny little furry spherical creatures that are super cute and... They're all over this village, and the village is a very... It's its like a vertical design, which is really interesting, I think, for an RPG village, because a lot of the times you, you imagine... Like, you get to a new village and you want to explore, right? Like, you want to find all the chests or talk to the NPCs or whatever. 
And you just kind of go along this horizontal area and find each thing and check inside the houses and stuff. Well, the village of the Nopon is, it's like a column. And there are bridges and other connectors that go all the way in circles, spiraling up this huge column. That and sounds just, like that village... No, sorry to interrupt you. That sounds like that village in Twilight Princess. Wasn't there like a vertical, bridgy village in Twilight Princess? Could have sworn there was one. Or maybe it was like near... It's some, I know, gosh, I, I can't know, remember the game, but I just... There, I remember... There was one in near, but it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> this one, on the other hand, does not suck. It's, uh, but, so it's just a really fun place to explore. And Xenoblade, I've said this before, but does scale incredibly well. And it's really cool to just go up to the top of this village and you see all these tiny little nopon just kind of gently swaying like back and forth and going about their business. And I just think it's adorable and I get a, a great visual from it. Um, I used to leave the game there and let it idle a lot because I like the music so much. Xenoblade is a game, like I've done that before too. Like I'm, I'm playing it again now and it's like I want to leave it on like when I'm in the Gower Plains or something because I'm like, man, the song here is so cool. That's just a game that's conducive to that, I guess. That, that's actually, well, it doesn't fit for this one, but the Gower Plains is, I think, my favorite track in the game. I think Derek actually picked that one in an earlier podcast, if I recall. Yes. Somebody, somebody picked it. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, but that, that's my favorite track in the game. But the entire soundtrack is so good. You yeah. can just pick anything. It really is. Xenoblade is one of the first soundtracks I reviewed at RPG Fan, and I wrote way too much about it, but so good. Yeah. I really like this choice. You know, not to not to spoil anything, but before we um you know refined our tracks for this episode, between Derek and I, we had three nighttime Xenoblade themes. <laughs> So there's obviously something about the nighttime themes in that game that really fit this topic. They make you sleepy, but in a good way. In a very good way. And then the last track we listened to was the one I picked. So I don't have a whole lot of experience with Kodelka. I own it, and I've owned it forever. Like, I played Shadowheart's Covenant first, went back and bought the first one and beat that one and loved it. And so I was like, oh, Kodelka, it's related. I'll get it. And it's not at all like Shadowheart's. It has the same kind of dark narrative, but it's such a weird game that I could not tell you much about. But... The music is by Hiroki Kikuta, the Seiken Nensetsu guy, and, I mean, among other things, I don't mean to reduce him to just that, but the, there's a certain quality in the music to Kodelka that really reminds me of, like, Seiken Nensetsu 3, and I just really like it. And in this case, I love the live performance of it, um, especially for a PlayStation 1 game. Like, the whole soundtrack in this is sort of ahead of its time in terms of, like, the audio production on it, and to have this on the actual soundtrack is just leaps and bounds ahead of the generation that game came out in. Mm-hmm. It, it seems very much ahead of its time. It feels like a very experimental kind of track with that sparse guitar. It sounds a lot more Western, I think, than a lot of Japanese-developed RPGs at the yeah. time, which I think is cool, because I remember seeing the box for that and being like, I don't know what this is, and I, I never actually played it, but all of the screenshots I ever saw were super dark. So it's a it's a dark game, and I think that the, the track fits that well. Yeah, I agree. That was only the second song I'd ever heard from that game, and I don't know why. Because when that came out, oh man, does anyone know what year that was? Mm, I was working at RPG. Too long ago? Yeah, I remember looking at that when um, we were talking about an RPG fan many, many, many years ago. And I always wanted to play it and just uh, never got around to it. Nor did I. Uh, Kim Wallace, former I was gonna say editor, that. Game Informer editor, actually wrote a piece on Kodelka on GameInformer.com, so you should look it up and read it because Kim's rad. Yep, she knows what's up. Yes, she does. All right, so let's move on to our second block of tracks. We Let have, us do so. We have three in this block. I selected the first one. I picked a track from Atelier Aisha, which is the second newest Atelier game at this point. I picked the track. It's called Cheeks Stained by the Color of the Setting Sun. This is a track that played in the game when Aisha is reunited with her sister, Neo. Spoilers. Um, 
because a, a big part of the game is she's trying to find Neo, and she's she's looking for clues as to why she disappeared or whatever. Um, and it's pretty clear that she's going to reunite with her. Like the game doesn't have a super dark tone or anything like that. But there's a part where they meet, and there's a really pleasant piece of art that accompanies it with the two of them like embracing one another, and it, it plays this really sweet song that I liked a lot. And I think it's very gentle and relaxing, so that's what I picked. I picked a track that a couple of us can't agree on a name for. Apparently known by, what, three, four different things? Well, it's known by two things. So on the original soundtrack release and on the physical release of the album it's from, it is called Unstealable Jewel. Yes. But on your iTunes release, it is called something else. Yes. And I don't know why. It's called Intangible Treasure. It's from the Myth Xenogears... Magicness. Yes, magicness. I like that. So whether you call it Intangible Treasure or Unstealable Jewel, it's a really lovely song. After Steven. that, I picked another track from which I don't believe we featured anything in the past. So Sword and Sorcery EP is this crazy balls adventure game that's on everything now, basically. The original soundtrack is composed by Jim Guthrie, and it's one of my favorite original soundtracks from that from when it came out. It's just different like he doesn't i don't think guthrie has much background at the time in game composing so it's not at all like the sorts of things you'd expect to hear from a game and what this is from is this is from an arranged album called the scythian steps in which guthrie worked with a bunch of notable japanese names like akira yamaoka mitsuda suzuki to arrange sword and sorcery's music just in another fashion and it was to celebrate the japanese release of the game and so the track i picked is little furnace it's the post-production mix and it's arranged by Mitsudo Suzuki, who you may know from Final Fantasy XIII. And it's, it has a sound that I just always associate, and I maybe this is sort of relevant to the Summer Chill episode, but this is a sound that I just associate with Summer because of when I first heard it. So before we talk anymore, let's go ahead and take a listen to Cheek Stain by the Color of the Setting Stun, Intangible Treasure Slash Unstealable Jewel, and Little Furnace Post-Production Mix.
I think that track is so charming, the Atelier tracks. Cheek stained by the color of the setting sun. That's a very long name. I feel like that's a direct translation of some of uh, the Japanese, which it is it's t- a tad bit awkward, but such a cute track. And I know I keep saying cute, but it really is. Um, I think the Atelier games are, they're my go-to relaxation RPG because they're just so chill in general. Sometimes they can border on a little over the top with their anime style humor. But for the most part, I just think they're really, they're fun laid back games. And this song fits that very well. And in particular, the scene that it plays during. I, I enjoy the rain stick kind of sound in the background. And the piece yeah. overall evokes like a French cafe kind of for me. Like a French cafe, pretty early morning, sun's just coming up, enjoying your coffee and your baguette. But like a French cafe in, in the morning, sun coming up kind of thing is what I feel with that track. Atelier music is like, it's not a series, and I've said this before, so I won't say it too many times, but like, you know, I don't play many of the games in the series. I've only played Iris, and I've sort of peeked at the other ones, and they all have a really pleasant presentation that doesn't seem like, again, it's not trying to set the world on fire like Tooker's guest pick from the last episode. Aha. But it's just good. Like, it's relaxing music. I think that's the best way to describe it. Like, I hear it, and I'm like, yeah, this is pleasant. Like, and I think that's the whole, that's like the whole goal of those games is, you know, a nice, relaxing, pleasant RPG. And Mike, I know you like you like this one too. You said you didn't finish it yet, though. I haven't, but yeah, everything about that game is pretty much adorable and lovely. I liked it a um, lot more than uh, Eska and Logi too. And I hope that the next one goes a little bit back towards that style. I feel like Eska and Logi lost a lot in characterization, and it just had this cast of like over the top characters, and it wasn't it wasn't charming anymore it, because Aisha has a very laid-back atmosphere in general, whereas Eskan Lodgy is a lot more focused on actually, quote-unquote, working, because in that game they're actually, like, they're fulfilling government tasks, whereas Aisha is just kind of a girl trying to do do something, find her long-lost sister, and she's living in this cute kind of French-inspired town, and um, so the music reflects that, and I, I, I enjoyed the pick. It was my pick, but I like it. Yeah, it sounds so, like Eskan Lodgy kind of gets away from the, like, the vibe that the rest of the series has. Yes. I'd not necessarily in a bad way, but, you know. Charm. Yeah. yeah it's not quite as charming, so I'd agree completely. So following that, we listened to one of Mike's picks, which was Unstealable Jewel slash, what was it? Intangible Treasure. Uh, Intangible Treasure. One of my favorite tracks from Xenogears. Why'd you pick that one, Mike? Because it is good. Because it's good. Because while we were listening to music, we were talking about the album, and I think we all kind of feel the same way about the album. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a really good album, although it's not much different from the original soundtrack it not that it needed to be it sort of disappointed me and i i, I hate the review i read i wrote for it so don't go read it now everyone's gonna read it but it's it's it, my, there, my review is a little bit negative and a little bit speculative like i sort of like get mad that it's not like basically a mitsuda arrange album that is not xenogears like i there's already been xenogears arrange album so i was a little disappointed that we got another one as opposed to like you know a chrono cross arrange album that we've been promised for 900 years mm. but what what I didn't I just I didn't feel the same passion for the material in this album that I did in like you know in like Dramatica again I hate to use that as my go to example but it's relevant today they're 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 technically proficient but there doesn't feel like there's a lot of heart behind these arrangements that said the original composition is excellent and in this case it is represented very well so I do like the track I you know I don't I wouldn't say I love it but you know if you like Xenogears music you probably can't go wrong with listening to an orchestral version of it. I agree with you guys that it's the uh, the not the the myth track selection isn't the very best, but it's one of my favorite tracks. So I don't, I, I, I don't think there are good. enough. It's good. It's good. Good things are it's, good. It's it's a good song from a good game. There, that's my review. Good things are good. Stop saying good, Sean. You sound like an ass. 
Points to anybody who gets that reference. The track we listened to after that is the one I picked. Little Furnace post-production mix from Scythian Steps. And I just, I, I could go on and on and on about that song. And I, I, I hope I haven't told the story. But yeah, like when I was living in Ohio before I started graduate school, I was there for like two and a half months in this terrible apartment with a roommate who turned out to be one of my good friends uh, going to a, like a Japanese program. And I, every day I had to walk across the Ohio State campus in like this blazing hot heat. Like it was just terrible. And I had this album on repeat, like nonstop. So whenever I hear this song, I just think of like walking to the gym at Ohio State and going swimming at the Ohio State gym and like just the the, the environment around it and just all the different layers come together. And it has this really smooth flow that just it's airy. And it's I, I don't generally listen to music when going to sleep, but I will admit I've listened to this one falling asleep a few times. And it's just I just adore it. This song is a little bit more dynamic than some of the other ones that we picked especially at about two minutes 15 seconds into it there's a really cool transition or uh extra layering added in that i think makes it super super good it's, it's good that's what i'll say it's good it's a good song i like it it's good it's good because it's good good things are good good things are good that that's my also my favorite track from that arranged album so we're on a roll here picking my favorite tracks from certain albums so let's keep it up let's keep catering to my tastes that's how i live my life derek i know He's such a sweetheart. So you want to move on to block number three? Block Let's number three. It's not a question mark block. It's one of the colored blocks from Super Mario World. It's a We're pow hit block. It and cool stuff is going to come out of it. Oh, it's a pow block. We're going to hit it, and Mikey's going to fall over, and then I'll boot him off the side of the stage. Wow. Sorry, Mike. That's pretty it's missed. That's just where we're going. Oh, I am the guest here. I guess that's fair. Yeah, we got to be great to the guest. Anyways, I picked the first track, and this is, this is from an album called Chill SQ, and if you're familiar, Square Enix has this line of albums they release where they take some sort of adjective and then add SQ to it. So there's like Beer SQ, which is pub tunes. There's Battle SQ, which is amazing music and also like dance electronic sort of stuff. Chill SQ is exactly what you might think. It's like relaxing arrangements of Square Enix music. And this is Warm Alive, Live Over Again from Live Alive. Another Shimamura track from Steven, shocking. But I, I really love this this mix because I'm not inherently against dubstep, you know, it can be used for good and it can be used for ill. And in the case of this song, it's a really subtle sort of like wubby, bassy thing they have in the background that I think really complements it well and makes this just a really chill, like warm track that I like a lot. And then, uh, Mike, I made you pick the next track. Well, I didn't make you pick it, but I asked you to. I picked the Sacred Haven from Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, The Crystal Bearers, which when that game was coming out, was the thing I dreaded typing most on the site. Because Why? It's like nine pages. It is the longest title. It is one of the longest titles I think we have on the site. I used, to, to give you an indication, well, I mean, you know how long the title is, but in the show notes, I I made the first four words of the title an acronym, and still it took up more space than the title above it. It's FFCC colon The Crystal Bears. Yes. It's a very long title. It is. Which is not the point at all, but this is a cool song. This is... I think it's the title screen. I know it because it was on the teaser site for the game, but I'm pretty sure it's the title screen too. You didn't pick that surfing one, whatever it's called. Surfing Lail. Surfing Lail. That's a great. Not about it. We played. Didn't we? Play, we played that one though. I think. I think we did actually. I think that's why I know that track title, Surfing Lail. And the final track in this block is one of my picks. It is World of Mana from Legend of Mana, which is kind of confusing because isn't there a mobile game called World of Mana? I think or maybe maybe it's was... just the the name of the series is World of Mana. 
Yeah, it was kind of like what they were doing with Final Fantasy thirteen. Oh, yeah. The world of Mana was going to encompass all these different things, and I, I don't gotcha. really know what happened with it. Like they had Ivelisse, too, although Ivelisse is amazing, and they're allowed to do that. Yes. Yeah. But this is the track that plays in Legend of Mana on the uh, the map screen, where you're placing your artifacts and creating your world. Uh, always loved this track, and it, it really, really got to me when I back when I got the game. I think I remember checking out videos of this on, like, Oh god, what was that site? It wasn't game trailers, it was like it was game movies or something like that. One of those old sites that doesn't exist anymore and I, you know, I used my like 56k modem or probably slower at the time to download this movie super slowly. All tiny, 4 megabytes of it. Right, this tiny low res real player video of like somebody placing their artifact in the map screen. I was like, "Oh my god, it's so cool." It's it's a really really relaxing track and I always think of placing my artifacts in like that little that sound effect that it plays when you kind of zoom in on the on the area and you go into the town yeah i I can't emulate it whatsoever it's like anyway super cool track and uh it's not going to be the last legend of mana track that we hear today so we're going to listen to warm alive from chill sq the sacred haven from ffcc the crystal bears and world of mana from legend of mana
kind of a Christmas vibe from that song. I can't really place why, but it's just that song is just so warm and relaxing, and I really like it. It just every time I hear a song from Live Alive, I'm reminded that I haven't played the game and need to get on that because I I would love to have the context of the original soundtrack because it's so good. We had talked before about how I'm not the biggest fan of dubstep, um, but when it's used responsibly, like in this song, I actually like it. This is a good example of it being well done because I know that we had talked about. I think it was the uh, Tales of EDM album, where I just felt like... Yeah, it was that. It was that one. I think it was something by Micah. But it was one of those albums where everything was just like... And I was like, like, you just took every dubstep effect you could think of and threw them all into one thing and then had an original melody somewhere in there. Um, And that, to me, isn't really creative or, or fun to listen to. So this song does a really good job because a lot of that wubby kind of sound is in the background and it doesn't overtake the main melody of the song so i liked it it's good yeah i would agree completely and you know it's i get kind of like a nights vibe from it like nights in dreams i don't know why it just oh really yeah re- it really reminds yeah. me of like going to sears and seeing the nights demo and just man like, i tell myself i'm gonna play christmas nights on christmas every year and i always forget Every year you should maybe, be doing that, though. Christmas Nights is awesome. You know, yeah. it'd be great if Sega would just remake it, so that way I could easily play it. They did. It's on PSN. What? Yeah. Yeah. Knights? Really? Yes. yes. There's it a was Sega actually, game that was, you didn't know about? I think it was what? free on PS Plus at one point, too. But yeah, I told, yeah, it came out a couple years ago. I'm a horrible it was, person. It's on Steam, too. Yeah. Oh, my god. You gosh. didn't know that? No! All right, well... We've we've learned you something good today. I will yes. tell you though that with three clicks now I own it. Okay, good. Anyways, we learned a lot today. I like that track a lot. I also really like the Sacred Haven. Like I feel like it has this really regal intro. Although amusingly, I'm listening to it and that like that sort of like foggy, distorted sound in the background reminds me of the intro to Shin Megami Tensei. Which one? Which one? Nocturne. When there's oh, it does. Yeah. Yeah, it does actually. A little, like the title loop, a little bit, but it's only that background. Yeah, just that first part. But then, like, I really like that soundtrack in general. It's crazy and weird. Not not crazy, but it's you know it's very non traditional for a Final Fantasy game. There's a lot of composers that are not typically associated with Final Fantasy, and just it, it's really cool that like I, I, not that I don't love the fact that Shimamura is doing all of 15, but it would be really cool to see them take like a main Final Fantasy game and take those kind of risks music-wise, of getting six composers that they don't normally use to do a really different-sounding soundtrack. I think it'd be really cool. I think that's why, speaking of Shimamura, why I'm really excited for FF15's soundtrack, because I want to hear the stuff that isn't the really over-the-top operatic battle stuff, like Somnus. Exactly. It's fine, but I'm really, really excited to hear the other stuff, like the the town kind of themes or the laid-back themes or the quirkier stuff, whatever Shimamura can come up with for that, I think it's going to be really stellar. Yeah, like, you know, we, I was talking to Mike the other day about the Cavern of Remembrance theme from Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix, and that's a great track that isn't a battle theme. It's just, you know, it's a it's a very somber dungeon theme, and those are the kinds of things that I can't wait to hear from 15 because they're going to really shape the experience for me. I would agree. But yes, to go back around, Sacred Haven is a, is a really cool track that I would... I, I feel bad that it's relegated to a sort of black sheep of the Final Fantasy family. Yeah, it's a weird game. You know, it... For some reason in my mind, it sticks out alongside, like, Stretch Panic, although Stretch Panic was not good at all. But it's just <laughs> one of those games that had, like, this one central gimmick that they made the entire game around, and then it ended up not being such a great gimmick. In this case, it was just levitation power and grabbing stuff and throwing it around, but there wasn't a lot going on outside of that. So 
I wish it would have been a better game because for me it had great production values, but not really great gameplay. Mm. So the, first, the visuals were great too. I mean, I just wish it would have been more fun to play. More of a game. More of a game. But at first, I is, thought you said stretch pants, and I laughed really hard. But then it I was like it was like my stretch pants that I wear. I wear my stretch pants when I'm podcasting. Yeah. Well, I mean. I'm wearing basketball shorts. That's not really the same thing, but similar right. material. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, I'm also I I'm also wearing a tank top that I got for five dollars that has a giant picture of a hamburger on it, and it made me laugh out loud in the store. So I was like, I have to buy that. <laughs> Is it dark? No, it's a. It's just like a white. It's a white tank top with a hamburger on it. I was like, why would anybody buy this? Buy that immediately. Why would anybody buy it? It's a so hamburger. It. it was five dollars. How could you not buy that? I would That's have been disappointed saying. if you didn't. Yeah, so anyway. Um, World of Vinyl is a cool song. No, I like oh. that song. I, I, Whenever year that was, I want to say 2010, 11. Gosh, is that... It's whenever, whenever not teasers, as recent as it used to be. I know. Whenever the teaser site went up for that game, and that song was on there, I, there was something about it, and I would use it actually as background music a lot if I was working on something or designing something. So I'm pretty sure I've heard it hundreds thousands of times because it's really short but i mean i would seriously i would open up a tab in the background and put that on and that would be my soundtrack for the day was that well, song it's an appropriate choice for this episode because it's all about stuff that relaxes you or soothes you or makes you feel good so it did all of those things um world of mana is uh is another great track and uh, this has been the running theme i mean obviously we're going to pick the songs that for us, are either the most memorable or the most applicable to our topic. But again, this is one of my favorite tracks from World of Mana, um, maybe next to like Colored Earth, but that is not a relaxing song. It's just an awesome song. Yeah, that's so, an amazing song. Uh, yeah, so World of Mana is very evocative to me of like that RPG intro where your character is waking up in the morning, sunlight streaming through the window. Um, the track actually has birds chirping in the background, and it's everything about it is like early morning peacefulness to me. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, it really does have a, like, dawn of the world almost aspect to it. it you know, that because, I mean, that is what it is. And I just feel like that it's so good at capturing that, you know, you're placing the pieces down that are going to shape the world. And, like, you're thinking about it, though, because of how the mana reacts and, you know, each area and your side quests and stuff. But, like, well, when you're first playing it, you're not thinking of that. You're just doing it wrong. But I, it gives me sort of the an inception of the adventure feel that I like a lot. And it also, you know, I don't know if I'd associate it with sleep, but I'd associate it with waking from sleep. Yeah. So in that sense, I think it's a good transition from sleepy time to awake time. Word. Final block. This is another set of really good tracks. Uh, it's going to close this out before we move on to our guest pick for the episode from Mike. But first up, we're going to hear another Xenoblade track. I, I'm sorry that I didn't go for more diversity but I just think Xenoblade's night themes are so good for this topic. So I picked Hometown Night. This is the uh, theme that plays in the very first area. I think it's Colony 6 or 9. I don't remember. I think it's 6. Cause I think, I think six. it's 6. Cause 9 is nine the one is the that you rebuild. One. Yeah. So this is the the just like Shulk and Fiora and um, Ryan's hometown. And it is Incidentally, it is Ryan time. So it's Ryan time! It's Ryan time. Right, Shulk, get stuck in. So after we hear Hometown Night from Xenoblade, then we're going to hear Mike's final pick before his guest choice, of course, and that is? My final pick is Eternity. This is another one with two names. Memories of Light and Waves, or Light Waves, depending on where you're reading. But it's from it's from Final Fantasy X-2, which I hate to is say it's the, underrated. I know title? the I think the soundtrack's underrated. What? Is it the title theme? 
It is, yeah. except this is off of the Piano Collections album, which I somehow did not know existed until yesterday. Here's all you need to know. Go get that album. Go listen to Windcrest. It's amazing. Also this song. I mean, also, very good. also this song, yes. It's, it's a great piano album in general. Yes, and then... So the final track I picked is, and I, I wrote about this on Twitter the other day, and a couple of you asked me about it, and I did not give you any hints, sorry. It's from Dramatica, which at this point we should know is one of my favorite albums ever. It is my favorite arranged album ever. And this track is an arrangement of a Legitimana song, and it's called Sparkling City of Ruin or Ruin Sparkling City. My, you know, I, I always called it Cities, but... Whatever it is, this is literally one of my top five favorite songs ever. I absolutely flat out adore this song and everything about it. I feel like it is literal musical perfection. It is one of the best things Shimamura has ever done amongst a huge catalog of amazing music. I know you guys are sick of hearing about Shimamura, but, well, too late you're here. Well, I mean, she's got talent, so... She does, and this song is just, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll hold any further comments until after we listen, so... Let's go ahead and take a listen to Hometown Night, Eternity, Memories of Light and Waves slash Light Waves, and Ruined Sparkling City.
you picked Hometown Night, but I'm totally stealing the first comment on it because I just really, really, really like that song. It's I, I think that, obviously, it's Hometown, but that is one of the first tracks you hear in the game, and it's a really great mood setter for Xenoblade. Like, it sort of foreshadows musically what is coming in that game. Like, there are a lot of just sort of types of progressions and notes in that that come up in later songs, and I just... The night version of that song is just like you're you're doing it, you're running around fighting, and I really feel like you should be able to like sit down and take a nap in that game because it would be perfect. Mm-hmm. It has one of the strongest melodies I've heard in a game in a long time. I mean, I say that about a lot of Xenoblade stuff, but I think a lot of the Xenoblade music in general is is melodically very very strong, and it's it plays to the strengths of like we had talked about before, kind of like the typical um, like the Japanese RPG ability to set a certain mood or have a really, really catchy melody that you can strongly associate with a particular place or event. Yeah. So I, I get that a lot in hometown night, just that like it is the hometown and it is very peaceful and relaxing. The melody just sticks with me and I, I can hum it off the top of my head all the time. Yeah, I totally agree. And then we listen to eternity memories of light and waves slash light waves. Great track, great pick from FF 10 a game that has a really, unusual soundtrack that was incredibly divergent from what came before and the game itself is thematically pretty divergent but the the title theme is one of the first things that you hear well it's the first thing you hear when you start the game and so for me it's one of the most memorable tracks so i'm glad that you picked this one and the piano arranged version is very suitably relaxing as well yeah like i don't, I don't really know tend to score very well i know that i like the final boss theme because it's all bassy and dudes playing an organ but just I really like how this arrangement captures the, that melody in there because they, you know, you sort of have like with those piano arrangements, you have like the, you know, the main melody from the original song and then the sort of improvisational type stuff that you get around that. And just like with Windcrest, which again is just amazing, go listen to it. It's from the same album. This just really does a great job of dressing the melody in a really great piano presentation. I, I can't really articulate that as well as I'd like to, but. It's it's definitely, I, th- I it, it surprises me that Ten Two with the kind of weird soundtrack it has, not necessarily bad but just weird, has translated so well into piano tracks. When a lot of my favorite Final Fantasy tracks, like Man with the Machine Gun, I feel like are not really rendered very well into piano usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that completely. Actually, yeah, it, it's not as weird as Crystal Bearers, but Ten Two. Pretty much everything about Ten Two is a little bit off, which I think is why a lot of people don't like it. But Actually, I like. I enjoy. I enjoy that game. I think it's very unusual, like you said, and it it is so different from Ten that it's kind of jarring. But I think if you accept it for what it is, it's fun. And I I do agree that the the true ending cheapens Ten's ending somewhat. But I still thought that Ten Two was just sort of like a fun, maybe almost an alternate universe take on what might happen after Ten. But the job system so fun, so good. Yeah, I can't wait to play the HD version of it. I have it, and I'll I'll get around to it once I get around to playing or finishing ten. And the, I think actually, I think the serious parts of it are pretty good. I enjoy the main plot that involves Len, like Len and Dancer, Shula, Shuyin or whatever. Shuyin, yeah, I actually I thought that was pretty good. But for the most part, it's a goofy game with goofy music. But yeah, piano. The piano version is surprisingly a, not adult, but like mature. Yeah, like it, the, the game yeah. is very delighting in its own sort of goofiness. Whereas this feels very, like, heartfelt, like, that bum, 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 bum part, like, just that really simple sort of play on that that progression, that that phrase, I guess, just Mm -hmm. really gets me every time. 
That's good stuff. All right, Stephen, you've held it in this long. Tell us what you think about Dramatica's Ruined Sparkling City. It's one of the best songs ever. Oh, I already said that. Tell us how you really feel. Well, for starters, it's the violin performance is amazing, and that should not shock anybody. It was written by Sherman Mora. I guess the best way for me to describe it in terms of how I feel about it is that that song is why I don't like Myth. And, uh, you know, we, I mentioned this earlier. I don't really like my review of Myth. I feel like it's not, you know, great. But what I bring up is that after Dramatica, which when you listen to Dramatica, and if you, like, you know, if you read Yoko Shimomura's Facebook or you just read interviews with her, she is a person who is utterly not in love with her own work, but has passion for her work. Like, she is genuinely affected by the work she's produced, which I think is great. Yeah. And, like, you know, like her Kingdom Hearts work, like, she always talks about what a life-changing experience getting to work on Kingdom Hearts was. And that's why, for starters, I am just inclined to love this album because I feel like that's reflected in these arrangements. This is not a perfunctory Square Enix-funded an arrangement, so we went and did it sort of thing. This is, you know, this is, like, someone looking back over their entire career and revisiting things, basically, with some heart. And it's just, it has an excess of that. And... I, that's such an intangible sort of treasure, non-technical way to say, uh, ha, ha. non-technical way to assess something. But uh, Bob wrote a review once. His reviews of the uh, Final Fantasy Guitar Solo Collections talked about this, that a lot of arrangements tend to lack heart. They're arrangements, and in this case, you know, not that Square's arranged albums aren't great, but they're produced for profit. You know, like the SQ series is a, is a profit thing. You know, it's they're great, and a lot of them are really great, but they're produced for profit, and... You know, Square did fund this album, and I mean, I'm sure there was some sort of profit. You know, they're not going to release it if it's not going to make any money. But given the fans that Shimomura has, I'm sure it wasn't, you know, exactly a, a risk. But just the, this entire album feels like she wants it to exist. Just the the performance in the song, the tinkling piano of that main part from the original song, that like sort of that back and forth on the two notes. Every single time, I am utterly gripped by that. I I told you guys while we were recording. I keep Dramatica on every device I own. I listen to it at least once a day. No exaggeration. I adore that album. And this song is just like the pinnacle of that album. It's as far as I'm concerned, it's the apex of where video game music can go and what it what it can grow up to be given the right amount of care. And I could go on about this song all day. It's just every aspect of it is flawless for me. Quite a glowing endorsement. I think that might be it's a little hyperbolic for, for how I felt. But I think it's super good. Again, good things are good. I like things that are good. I My notes for this were beautiful, lush, masterful. I mean, it really is a, a fantastic track. It's actually from Legend of Mana, you said, right? Yeah, it's the original track was Sparkling City of Ruin. And there was another version of the track that was sort of more, um, less sort of forlorn and more like directly aggressive. I don't remember what the name of that track was, but they were together on the original soundtrack. Yeah, this one is just soothing. Beautiful. Very, very good. Amazing and wonderful. Amazing, so good. Good is good. I give it a B plus. I give you a B plus. You're never coming back I'm, on the show again. I'm just trying to balance things here a little bit. No, I, I can't do that because it's it's a wonderful song. I, I really like that. And need to listen to the rest of the album before Steven disowns me. Yes, me too. Absolutely. I was I was telling Steven, um I, I remember like I have it but it's all all the track titles are all messed up and stuff because I never bothered to label them correctly. So I keep forgetting that I actually have this album in my library. So while we were listening, I went through and labeled everything and put it on my phone so I can fully appreciate it. So Well done. It's good stuff. It's fantastic. 
Especially right when right around three forty when like everything sort of comes to that crescendo. Crescendo. So, yes. Just mm-hmm. we gotta move on. I'll talk about it all night. Yeah. I adore this song though. Listeners, this is I would never make a top five list of music, but if I did, it would have this on there. Right, exactly. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed our selections for today and our theme, especially those little jingles that we sprinkled about here and there. So, as always, you can send us suggestions, ideas for topics, things you'd like to hear, ways we can improve, you know, whatever whatever is going to make the show a more enjoyable listening experience for you. We'll do our best to meet those needs. If you want to talk to us, I'm at EmbryonX on Twitter, and Stephen is at SJM Talus, that's T-A-E-L-U-S on Twitter. And uh, Mike is also on Twitter, although lately he's inactive, and I have to give him crap about it. But he's at Valkyrie Studio, so you could talk to him if you wanted to. Email us also. I'm Derek at RPGFan.com. Steven is Steven with a PH, at St- or Steven M with a PH at RPGFan.com. Review us on iTunes, please, please. That would be really cool because it makes us feel happy, and we know that you're listening when you do that. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dog, tell your doge, and they'll be like, oh, wow, such podcast. So exciting. Many reference. Yes, many reference. Thanks again for coming on the show, Mike and Derek, as always. Thank you. It was it was fun. This is a cool topic. I like it when we get to break out and sort of do, like, the theme as opposed to, like, you know, like last time we did a genre, and sometimes we do a series. I really like these ones where it's like, what's the vibe you got from this song? Um, I think it gives you some really interesting insight into, like, you know how people react to different songs. Although there was, it was a lot. There was a lot of consistency in tone in the songs today. So I think, I think it was a really solid sort of set of guidelines to pick music from. And it was difficult. I was racking my brain until like an hour before the show with what I wanted to keep. I had like thirty tracks as always, but shorter format helps. We get more episodes. Mike, guest choice track. This is your second time picking the guest choice track. If I'm not wrong, it better be a good one. It better be a good one. You're fired. It's not. It's not. I think I was Good. fired like three times already. I'm glad you picked a bad one. You're fired again. Okay. Like quad fired? Is that what that would be? Quadra fire. Okay. Dark Firaga. Void Firaga. That sounds really painful. I'd rather just get regular fired. Everything changed when Mike invaded. Yes. <laughs> That's kind of what I was going for. Third TV show reference today. Yay. They don't allow you to have bees in here. They don't allow you to have bees in here. Ah, bees! But I just love that quote because it's so out there. Anyway, Mike. uh, And then the show fell apart completely. Yes. Ah, anarchy. Mike, what did you pick? Tell us. Go. What did I pick? I picked an overclocked remix song. Good. Which is a remix from Lufia and the Fortress of Doom. (gasps) It's Lufia's Dream by Faze. I'm so happy. Yes. You know, Usually never... it's it's Steven that gasps at you at the guest pick choice. This is one this is one for me. I love some Lufia. I was impressed. I Yay. told Steven I'm like you will not guess this because you probably would not expect me to pick Lufia. You I think he thought I was gonna pick Final Fantasy Six, and I almost did, but that's not the point. So yeah, that's what we're ending with. Lufia and the Fortress of Doom, Lufia's Dream by Phase. Wonderful pick. Fantastic. Thank you. As always, thanks for listening, folks. Derek, Mike, thank you. And taking us out is the OC Remix version by Phase of Luffy's Dream.
Steven, you know what would make Rhythm Encounter even better? What? If we gave away free music to people. Wow, Mike, that's such a great thing to say. And as it would happen, thanks to Scarlet Moon Records, I have completely relevant things to give away to people. Smart listeners will note that we have included lots of in-related jingles and songs in here in today's episode, as we've mentioned a couple of times. Regarding those in-jingles, we have a brand spanking new email address in music at rpgfan.com, which is nice and easy to say, isn't it? So those of you listeners who write in and correctly identify the greatest number of jingles get free music. In this case, the person who correctly identifies the most and first, based on the time your email is sent, gets a digital copy of Prescription for Sleep, which was featured on and in part inspired the topic for today's episode. Uh, two runners-up are also get some free Scarlet Moon albums, in this case the Monarch Heroes of a New Age Variations and Arrangements, which is an arranged album of the Monarch OST composed by Gumin Knotts Nam. Uh, featuring tracks by Jenna Love, who we featured, Dale North, Josh Morse, and the composer himself. So, And that album is very much in keeping with today's theme, too. So if you like the theme, you might also like this music. It's not a game I think a ton of people have heard of, but it, it's some really cool music. So definitely getting it free is awesome. And so I guess if there's a tie, Derek and I and Mike and whoever else will come up with some sort of embarrassing tiebreaker to make you do in order to decide who gets free stuff. Like, we'll ask you to sing Eternity and record it and send it to us or something. Which, you know, if you refuse, you don't get free things. Or something like that. I don't know. We'll, we'll work that out later. But yes, go through, identify as many of the in-jingles in today's episode as you can, and email them to music at rpgfan.com. So go forth and listen to the episode over and over again to get the music. And don't cheat and use, like, Google Sound Search or something. I don't know if that'll work, but don't cheat. That's lame. So good luck and uh, start sending the emails. Music at RPGFan.com. 